This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope everyone's having a great day getting set for what should be a fun weekend. Got a good show coming up for you before we get to all the weekend good times. Alex Goligoski, newest member of the Minnesota Wild, or at least one of them for a team that's been very busy in free agency early on. He will join the show in just a little bit to talk about returning home to play, and uh, all sorts of other stuff for the 36-year-old. It's his birthday today um, to talk about that. So good stuff with with Alex. Looking forward to sharing that conversation with you. Also get into some Major League Baseball trade deadline stuff. I'm going to tread lightly on that because some of that will be obsolete by 3 p.m. Friday when the deadline hits. But you know, plenty of stuff to think about right there, including Jose Barrios. Not going to spend all show on that this time because we spent a lot of time on that already this week. But you know, plenty to talk about with that, who might be going out and why. But first, what did I miss? The big story on uh, on Thursday was the NBA draft in which the Timberwolves did not participate, but they did make a somewhat significant trade. If we're going to call the trade to get Ricky Rubio back, Last season, significant. Uh, We have to call the trade that sent him back out once again also significant. Wolf sent Rubio to uh, to Cleveland for Torian Prince, who can play a little three, can play a little four. The Wolves add a little size there. They get a 2022 second-round pick from Cleveland, which could be a fairly decent high second-round pick if Cleveland continues its rebuild. Um, and they also get some uh, some cap space, some cash. They get about $5 million in cap space or so, which could help them a little bit as they try to fill out the rest of their roster with some rotation players going forward. So first blush at this deal, hardly a blockbuster. If you were hoping, you know, that Ricky Rubio would be, would be included, you know, he's got an expiring salary, and so does Prince. Let's make that clear, both of them uh, in the final year of their deals. But Rubio cap hit, you know, closer to the, you know, $17, $18 million figure, and Prince more like 13 So the Wolves, you know, shed a little bit of salary there, lose a little bit of maybe, you know, salary flexibility in a trade, but uh, do do gain some cap space in that. So the first blush is that if you're hoping that it was a blockbuster with Rubio, that they're going to use that expiring to make a big, big move, that didn't happen. <clears throat> He's not like part of some Ben Simmons trade or any other big deal that might have netted a more frontline, you know, starting caliber power forward, something like that. But I don't hate the trade. Uh, a lot of people on on Twitter don't like the trade at all, um, and I, I get it. If you if you're a big Rubio fan, if you think he's maybe due for a bounce back season, or you just like him in general, like what he brings to the table, I get it. I don't like to see Ricky Rubio go necessarily. I've, you know, when he came in you know, a decade ago, it was uh, you know it was one of the greatest things in in Timberwolves history, but. He really struggled last year, you guys. He was not a good player, particularly in the first half of the season. Got better as the year went on, and maybe some of that is just, you know, the shock of being traded in the middle of a pandemic, playing you know, at least the start of the year and under very, very strange circumstances, the year kind of thrown together. So, you know, maybe Ricky Rubio was suffering through a lot of the other stuff that, you know, many other players and, you know, all of us, frankly, were, were suffering through, which was it's hard to do your job when you've got your mind occupied by so many other things. That said, even if we give him some grace for last season, I just don't see how he was going to be much of a roster fit here, aside from you know, being a mentor, a high-priced one at that for some of the Wolves' younger players. And Anthony Edwards you know, has lauded him several times for his leadership, other things that he does on the court. But aside from that, 
he wasn't really going to offer them much, and it was kind of an awkward roster fit. And I'm, I'm less worried about the Anthony Edwards mentorship than a lot of you guys are, too. And actually, here was uh, Gerson Rosas, too, addressing that. He couldn't talk about the trade specifically because it's not finalized, but he did address the media after all the draft stuff concluded late, late Thursday night. Here's what he had to say about Anthony Edwards and kind of, you know, the concern about whether or not he's going to have enough leadership and mentorship around him. Ant, number one, is his own guy, and uh, his talent is pretty special. Uh, there's been a number of individuals who have really helped and supported him this year. Um, but at the same time, we all know the only constant in our business is change, uh, maturation, growth, and development. And uh, we've got a great support system in place here uh, for not only Ant, uh, but Cat, all our top players, uh, whether that's on the court or off the court, uh, whether that's the roster. Uh, but unfortunately, in all of our business, uh, change is is a reality. Yeah, so that, that's that's kind of where I fall on it too. You know, Edwards probably you know definitely needs good mentors and good leaders around him. But you know, Ricky Rubio wasn't going to be here forever. He was on an expiring contract that's expensive. He was never a great roster fit to begin with. He was probably going to get traded at some point in this offseason, no matter what. Now, if your quibble is. This wasn't the best deal they possibly could have gotten. Yeah, I, I, maybe. Um, I, I'll leave that up to Gerson Rosas and the, the talent evaluators with the Timberwolves. They know the market. They know what's out there. You know, maybe they, they, they were getting kind of closer, like look, taking a look at this offseason and thinking, ah, you know, this, this is maybe the best we're going to do if we want to try to upgrade this roster. Torian Prince brings them some three-point shooting. You know, he's a pretty good three-point shooter, especially in the last, you know, three, four, five years. Um, younger player, a um, little less salary, plus you get a second-round pick, you get some cap space. So on balance, I, I think it does make some sense. And Rubio just wasn't a great roster fit. You already have D'Angelo Russell on this roster. And trying to figure out a way to get Russell, if he's healthy again, and that, that was a big thing last year. Rubio probably ended up playing more last year uh, because of Russell's injury. You have Malik Beasley, you have Anthony Edwards, who has emerged, uh, and then you have Rubio. There's a lot of small, you know, one, two. He can't really play. I mean, Edwards can maybe play a little bit of small forward because he's got more bulk, but it's a lot of minutes to try to divvy up. And I know injuries happen throughout the year, but just the idea of trying to play uh, Russell and Rubio together, it was a disaster at the start of the year. It got better, you know, as, as the year went on when Russell came back towards the end of the season, but... I'm trying not to put too much stock in everything that happened towards the end of the year. You know, a lot of teams are kind of just trying to get to the finish line. The Wolves are, you know, we're certainly trying to win more than a lot of the other teams in their kind of tax bracket of victories and such. So I I, I like the way they played towards the end of that year. I'm just saying I don't want to put too much stock in that. And I just think overall Rubio is a poor roster fit, especially at that price. You can do more with that money uh, than, than you could uh, than you could with with Ricky Rubio and he's probably going to get traded anyway so second uh, second go around for Ricky Rubio is rather unceremonious you know fans got to see him a little bit towards the end of the season when they started adding back some some spectators at Target Center but you know hardly the uh, the second coming that you would have wanted from him got off to that really poor start looked completely lost on the court let's be honest he was he was borderline unplayable at parts of the first half of last season certainly got better as the year went on but and is having some good good nights in international play since then. So he could certainly be due for a bounce-back season. 
That said, it was probably not going to be for more than 40, 50, 60 games at the most with the Wolves this year because, you know, as that expiring contract, his value is in a trade, not on the court. They probably almost certainly weren't going to re-sign him. That just doesn't work with everything else they've got on their salary cap book. So if this was the best trade they could get at the time and they could add a little bit of shooting and some cap space, I am for it. Perhaps the most amusing thing to watch on uh, on Thursday night during the draft was Wolves fans who are so used to the draft being this event, you know, and, and the Wolves went into the night without a pick. Uh, it was the first time, I think, since 2012 that they didn't have a first-round pick, at least. And the, it's just the second time since 2004 they didn't have a first-round pick. They also didn't have a second. Both of those picks shipped to Golden State as part of the uh, part of the uh, D'Angelo Russell Anthony uh, as part of the D'Angelo Russell Andrew Wiggins trade and the Wolves fans were like staying up late like I was, I was still on Twitter you know around 11 11 15 Wolves fans like ah oh, are they going to trade back into the late second round and get some late round sleeper and that just didn't happen they they must not have found a deal that that want that they wanted that could get them into a, into one of those rounds and here, here's Gerson Rosas addressing kind of how the night went uh you know, we're one of the youngest rosters in the NBA. And uh, when you want to take a step forward in terms of winning, uh, you need a couple of things. One is experience. Uh, two is continuity. And, and third is uh, really the growth and development in the system. And uh, for us, as we looked at the roster and as we looked at the draft, uh, there were a couple of points in the draft where we felt like uh, there were good opportunities to address upgrades or you know uh, opportunities to grow our talent a little bit unfortunately they didn't work out uh, but overall our focus has been more trade and, and free agency focus in terms of addressing some of those needs you know and that's fine they, they did add McKinley Wright uh, former you know Minnesota high school standout they signed him to a, a free agent undrafted contract so maybe bring him into the mix they've had some great success with contracts like that in the past guys like Naz Reed Jordan McLaughlin, you know, guys who have, you know, not necessarily frontline starters, but guys who have certainly played rotation minutes. And Naz Reed looks like a very, uh, you know, very promising piece of the future, even though he went undrafted. So we'll see how that pans out. The big things to watch beyond that, um, Jonathan Kuminga goes number seven to Golden State. That was the pick the Wolves would have had had they, you know, not traded that pick away. We'll be watching his development, I'm not sure if it'll be in Golden State ultimately or not. That doesn't, you know, an 18-year-old project player doesn't necessarily seem to fit the timeline that, you know, the guys like Steph Curry are on. But we'll see if, if he's, a, if he's a, a long-term fit there or somewhere else. But regardless, that is a player to watch going forward. Also, Jalen Suggs, you're going to watch his career, former Minnesota standout, you know, former Guns, you know, Gonzaga, played at Minnehaha Academy, saw him play in high school a few times because that school is not too far from where I live, um, goes number five to Orlando. Maybe slid a little bit more than I thought he would, but when you go to when you go number five, that's not really a slide. That's just a you know maybe one or two spots later than I thought he would. Great for uh, great for Jalen Suggs, and uh, so we'll be watching his career as well. But yeah, Wolves fans, just you know, there wasn't much to watch. There was just uh, a lot of uh, a lot of wondering and waiting, seeing if they were going to make any moves seeing if anything else was going to happen besides the Rubio deal. I guess that gave them enough to chew on. I hardly think they are done this offseason. I think there's plenty more to come, but um, you know, free agency starting next week, then maybe that'll spur some more action in free agency and on the trade market. But I'm not sure if there's going to be this blockbuster this summer or not. It might be a tough 
a tough go. They might be more inclined to you know add pieces on the on the periphery in the rotation, try to bolster you know the edges instead of the middle. We'll have to see how that goes. I'm I'll probably talk to Chris Hine you know later next week. Um, once we get into free agency to see what he thinks about their roster building as well. But yeah, for Wolves fans, it was a a strange, quiet night after you're so used to being in the perennial lottery uh, process. So, uh, you know, ultimately, though, um, you know, sometimes it's not a bad idea to not make a, a major move if one is not there to be made. And bottom line, too, is uh, I, I don't hate the Rubio trade nearly as much as a lot of you. In fact, I kind of like it. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today by one of the newest members of the Wild. It's been busy uh, for uh, for Minnesota early on in free agency, but uh, perhaps the uh, the most well-known name of those coming to Minnesota in free agency, uh, Alex Goligoski. You've been uh, you know, played in Grand Rapids in high school, played for the Gophers, and now coming home, I believe... Um, we're recording this on a Thursday, but I believe when this episode airs on Friday will be your 36th birthday. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I got a big birthday coming up. So it's been a good week. It has been a good week. Um, I remember you from high school. So the fact that you're, you know, turning 36 tomorrow doesn't make a 44 year old host of the show feel any younger, Alex, but uh, congrats on signing with the wild and maybe, uh, you know, right off the jump, tell me, uh, tell me what, you know, what brings you home at this late stage of your career? What was enticing about playing for, you know, playing for the wild? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's a, it's a great fit for me. Um, I wanted to play on a good team and, you know, just from playing them last year, um, they're, they're a really good team. They're hard to play against. They play an aggressive, fast style. And that's, that's what, that's how I want to play the game. And that's how I think the game should be played. So, I think the fit was the number one thing. And then, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's, it, I'm coming home too. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's the best, the best of every world, I guess. Uh, a lot of it made sense. Some athletes don't necessarily want that piece of it, or they, you know, they, they maybe shy away from the the spotlight of playing at home I and mean, you already had it with, you know, playing for the Gophers, but you know, how do you, how do you anticipate that piece of it? It's been a while since you've been here. That said, you people still know your name and, you know, they identify you as a, a Minnesota homegrown hockey player. Yeah, I never, I don't think I really ever had the desire to, to come back and play here. You know, you're, you're playing for other teams and you get invested in those cities and those teams. And, um, you know, I, I think at this stage of my career, it was, you know, I'd never been to free agency also, which, I mean, you can't really pick your team. So, uh, you know, I, I got, got to free agency at this point and oh, here comes the dog, uh, got to free agency. And, uh, you know, the, like I said, the fit, the fit was great. And, um, it is, there is a different beast to it coming back to your hometown. You know, you, there's a lot of people, you know, and, um, family, obviously. So you got to kind of have some conversations where, you know, 
it's, it's still it's still my job you know my family we're still living our lives it's not just a free for all so um that'll be a part of it but um there's so many positives to it you know those connections with with family and friends that you know i've missed out on um you know hopefully rekindle a bunch of those and and uh you know see people that we don't get to see that much so uh that part of it that part of it should be good how excited are the people you know in your life that you know maybe like you said didn't get to see as much when you're don't get to pick your team and you're in you know pittsburgh dallas you know all over the all over the all over the map kind of uh but not not very close to here how how excited is everybody that you know that maybe still lives or is close to minnesota yeah i think everyone's really excited you know it's it's a good feeling for me that, that people are excited that i'm coming back and you know they'll have a chance to to see me a little bit more we'll have, my family will have a chance to see them a little bit more and um yeah, you got you got to be careful. You got to walk that line a little bit where, you know, it, it is, you know, it's still my job. It's still, you know, it's not just going to be seeing people all the time and and doing that, but um it'll be it'll be fun to be closer to people for sure. You just referenced the dog. What kind of dog and is the dog excited for the move too? Yeah, he's he's fired up. Uh, this is Jax. He's a uh soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. I don't know if you can see him. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah. Yeah, he's both eight months old so very much a puppy oh wow yeah 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 oh, he's great though that's got to be fun you're gonna move a move him a, a ways huh yeah yeah we don't have to do too much with him so he's the least of our worries <laughs> that's uh that's good you mentioned the wild and just kind of the style of play you know and you reference you know playing against them last season you know as you maybe you can expand on that a little bit as you kind of watch them from afar who on this roster did you say well you know man i, I want to either i want to play with that guy or man he's he's really good or you know what what do you as you evaluate the strengths of this team what do you see yeah well i mean i've a lot of the guys i've played played against for a long time you know um spurgeon brodine dumba those guys i probably play against those guys for the last you know whatever however long they've been in the league seven eight years um so, I mean, I've always liked all three of those guys a lot. They're great players, really smart, um, great skaters, great puck movers. So, um, yeah, for, for the defense, definitely those guys stick out. And then, you know, up front, they they look a lot different um, than years past, just, you know, with Fiala, Kaprizov, um, Greenway, uh, Erickson Eck took a big step last year. Felino was really good for him. Hartman, you know, that just a lot of guys, a lot of new guys, and um, they kind of bring a little bit of a different swagger. And I think it kind of trickled throughout the lineup that, you know, they were really, really just played an aggressive style last year that you didn't really see out of, you know, the wild teams of the past. So it was, uh, it, it was hard. It was, we, we had a tough time with it for sure. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to, to uh, being a part of it. You mentioned Kaprizov. That's the guy that, you know, everybody here got excited about last year and, and for good reason. Um, you saw him, what, seven, eight times last year, I suppose. What a lot of things stand out when a player is that good. But, you know, as, as, as far as a difference maker goes, do you kind of point to him and say that was the main difference or is it stylistic or, you know, how hard was he specifically to play against? Yeah, I'm, he's he's very hard to play against. Really dynamic offensive player. He can kind of do it all. He's really strong um, and very creative. So I think, you know, 
just just from playing against him, you know, I think him and Zuccarello really creatively uh, play play the game a lot different than a lot of guys do in the NHL. So, um, you know, they were specifically against that line. You had to play a little more horizontal game and, you know, um, defend them a little bit differently. But yeah, like I said, I think, I think it really trickled down through their lineup. They, they had a lot of guys that played with a lot of confidence and they played really hard. And um, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun team to be a part of for sure. I'm interested in that Zuccarello uh, uh, Kaprizov piece that you were just talking about. What is it that, mm-hmm. what is it that they do differently? I mean, I, some of it I see, but it's probably different for someone who lives the game and is experiencing it on the ice. Yeah. I think in the NHL, you see a lot of, kind of north south hockey it's uh you know it's fast and uh you know get the puck through the zones quick and and get it into the other zone play play in the offensive zone but um with guys like that they'll they'll play east west a little bit more you know they're they'll slow the game down and and use the whole width of the rink um more than more than other guys will so creates a different challenge you know you got to you really got to keep your gap on them and, and try to limit their time and space that way. Cause that's, that's how they get it by, you know, pulling up and hitting that second wave of defense or whatever it may be. And they're, you know, both such good passers and um, they can find guys in, in small holes. So you gotta, you gotta be tight on them. You, uh, you referenced, uh, you know, coming home, but that said, the process of free agency, you can pick anywhere. Did you get a sense early on? We were hearing your name a fair amount, at least on, on this end. Did you get a sense from the wild that this was, that there was a lot of interest on there and pretty quick in the, you know, in this process? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, you know, you get, you know, it's all kind of through your agent and you don't, you don't really know what's going on, but um, you know, you, you kind of hear that certain teams are interested and to be honest, you, the media probably hears just as much as we do. So, um, yeah, I think from the beginning, we kind of knew they were going to be an option for sure. Do you like to hear stuff like that? Or do you just want to kind of like wait until the end and just say, uh, agent, tell me what the best offer is. Let's sort through this. And I just, then we'll make a decision. Yeah. I was more like that. I, it was like, it was like three days of, uh, my agent calling, you know, multiple times a day. And I was like, okay, this is, uh, this is enough. Let's just, Let's slow down and get, let's just get to the day and, and go from there. Now you, early in your career, you were part of Pittsburgh team that won a cup in 2009, correct? And you were, had a little piece of the playoffs that year. And yeah. since then it's been what, I think you've played 40 plus playoff games. Um, you know, when you get to a veteran stage of your career, how much does winning matter? You know, fit is certainly a thing, but you know, I got to imagine winning, carries a certain amount of weight. If, if there's a team that you think has a chance to win, that's got to carry some, uh, some weight as well, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going into free agency, there was, you know, we could probably cross off half the teams that I really didn't have any interest in. So it was, uh, it was all basically all the teams I thought were going to be good that, that uh, I wanted to go to. So um, yeah, I mean, I picked a good one, so I, I'm excited. Last thing for you. This is a team that, you know, like we said, they went to, you know, made it to the first round of the playoffs. It was a weird year last year. I don't have to tell you that, you know, just playing everything in the division and, you know, 56 games. This is a, you know, full 82 game slate as, as far as we know right now and kind of back to the regular schedule. How far can this team go? What, what do you see as the potential of, you know, a team that took a big step last year 
and wants to do more this year. Yeah, I mean, I I think this this is a team that can do it all. I mean, I think we're rock solid straight through our lineup. I think you, you know you mentioned last year uh, that division had was very top heavy, and I think you're going to look this year and those top teams: Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, um, St. Louis. I mean, the division just gets harder. You add Winnipeg and and Dallas and. Um, I think it's it's going to make all these teams better, and I think the rest of the league is going <clears> to <throat> kind of realize that these teams these teams are really good. So I think it's uh, it's exciting. It's it's really exciting for me. I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited to play on this team. You playing in the Beauty League, right? How's that been going? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was playing the Beauty League. It's going good. We had a big win last night, so we're two and one now. Got a couple wins in a row. We're feeling good about ourselves. All right. Awesome, Alex. Appreciate your time and uh, good luck next season. All right. All right. Thank you. Enjoy that conversation with Alex Goligoski. Um, and we should mention the, the Wild has been very active early on in free agency, trying to fill up those uh, those defensive holes left by the uh, departures of Carson Soucy and Ryan Suter. Soucy lost, of course, in the expansion draft and Suter bought out. I'll get a little bit more to that in a moment here, but you know, basically had three holes to plug on defense. Um, Goligoski figures to slide into one of those top two pairs, maybe alongside Jared Spurgeon. He's the most notable of the uh, of the three they've signed, but they also signed Dmitry Kulikov Wednesday and then John Merrill, a veteran, on Thursday. So, you know, those deals, you know, while maybe not blockbusters, definitely bolster the defense, give them some depth, some options, probably look at a little bit of uh, – you know, other guys in that mix, some younger guys like Kalen Addison. We'll see, you know, who ends up being the, the top six and what, you know, how they adjust for, you know, whatever happens with injuries along the way. But, you know, certainly they have to be feeling a little bit better about their core than they did going into free agency where, you know, it looked like they were going to be, you know, pretty thin on that spot. And speaking of which, um, Ryan Suter spoke to the media uh, for the first time that I can tell on uh, on Thursday talking about, you know, what it felt like to get released, what it felt like to get bought out. And he's basically, I, I couldn't believe it. He was basically in shock, hadn't heard anything about the sort until it happened. Um, he said, you know, it was, it was, he thinks he can play, you know, another, he's got a four-year deal from Dallas. He thinks he can even play beyond that. We'll see. Um, this, this was, you know, the move on him was more of a matter of timing than anything I imagine, because he can certainly still play. He was playing at a reasonably high level last season. So, that is going to be one to watch as the years go on. Did the Wild make the right move in that moment? Um, and you got to evaluate it beyond just Suter's play. you got to evaluate it with who else they're able to sign, how, how, how things work out long-term, with uh, you know, eventually with Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala and what they need to do with those guys. But bottom line is, you know, Suter out, three new defensemen in, and it'll be a much different-looking blue line for the Wild next season. Let's finish with the cooler. Depending on when you listen to this, Jose Barrios may or may not still be on the Twins. 3 p.m. trade deadline today. Barrios' name really heating up in trade talks, according to reporting from our Phil Miller. You saw a Max Scherzer deal happen Thursday. That could kind of clear the way. Barrios certainly being the best possible available starting pitcher left on the trade market. A lot of teams interested, according to Phil Miller's reporting and MLB.com reporting, the Blue Jays, the Rays, um, several National League West teams in the mix as well, the Red Sox, the Mariners, uh, a lot of teams 
trying to get Jose Barrios uh, and wanting wanting him in this mix for the Twins. Um, and that could create a pretty good market. Sounds like you know a lot of these teams too, as Phil Miller noted. A nice thing about this is a lot of the teams that are interested in Barrios have pretty deep farm systems. You know, teams like the you know the Blue Jays, the Padres, the Mariners. They have loaded you know prospect pools that could give the Twins the two to three you know high high level. I would think you know, at least mid level, high level, a couple of them at least. You got to get at least a couple top five guys from the system. Uh, guys that are you know not you know sitting at single A either. Hopefully, guys that are double A, triple A, in in this deal to uh, to, to to account for the value of Jose Barrios. But I think he's going to get traded. I think he's I think he should get traded. Um, we've talked about that plenty on the show this week. I think Michael Pineda could get dealt today. Be interested to see what happens with Taylor Rogers as the deadline gets closer. Um, the, the relief pitcher market could heat up, although he's on the injured list right now. Should be back relatively soon there. Um, maybe Andrelton Simmons, guys we've talked about along the way, the guys that are on one-year deals. I don't know if the Josh Donaldson market is cooling off uh, with a lot of teams already adding some offense like the Yankees and Red Sox. But we will see the big one, though, the big domino that could fall is Jose Barrios. I expect it to happen. Um, and you know, maybe it has already happened by now, depending on when you listen to this. I think it's, you know, the the final analysis is kind of what I mentioned on Thursday's show. I just don't think the twins are good enough to get this thing going again in 2022 to the point where you would want to carry him into next season and just roll the dice that he can be, you know, one of your top three starters on a really good team. I think you're trying to kind of reload for 2023. And if you're having a hard time in negotiations with Jose Barrios right now, I don't think it's going to get any easier if he's allowed to get all the way to free agency after next season. So this is the time when his value is high. This is the time where it, his value kind of meets where you are as, as an organization. And I think it's time to make a deal. That'll do it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed everything. It's a possibility we'll do a special edition here later if, if the Twins trade deadline becomes particularly interesting. Hope you guys enjoyed Thursday's shows. We did a special edition on Suni Lee after she won the gold medal in addition to the regular show. Um, if not, though, we'll be back at it Monday. Plenty to talk about this week and next week. So thanks for joining me on Daily Delivery. As always, please download this podcast, write a review, do all the stuff that helps the podcast. Read Star Tribune, startribune.com, and we'll catch you again on Monday.